If you're a California conservative, a libertarian, a moderate Democrat, believe in common sense, or just a sane person, this is the political podcast for you. It's the California Underground Podcast. What's going on, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Coffee in California Politics. Um, I was just going to apologize. I was just going to apologize for the noise in the background. It seems like there's like the lower weed whacker convention going on this morning and i there's like four or five people out there with weed whackers and leaf blowers i don't know what the heck is going on um but anyway thanks for tuning in at a little bit of a later start um oh hey winnie you're coming in over here you're gonna come hang out over here uh today's brew is a is the blackbeard's delight from black rifle coffee uh it is a dark roast so it doesn't have um it doesn't have as much caffeine as we've talked about before. Uh, Buenos dias. Uh, it doesn't have as much as caffeine as we've talked about before, but it's still very good. So um, don't always need the most coffee or caffeine. They got to get their fun out while it's legal. Yeah. Well, you know, they're trying to get rid of gas powered motors here in California, which, you know, has no in- unintended consequences on people who run landscaping businesses um, and who need to use those gas powered motors. But That's besides the point, because remember, when it comes to progressive policies, and uh, I always put progressive in quotes because you know that I don't think anything they do is progressive. I think they just slap progressive on it to kind of fool people into making them feel like they're doing something better when in reality, it's not really progressive at all. Um, So, yeah, it's one of those things where they think it sounds great and they're doing something for the environment when in reality, it's going to hurt a lot of people, a lot of business owners and especially a lot of immigrant business owners. We've talked about that before. It's regressive. Yeah, everything they do is regressive. You know, you can always look at a lot of things. Uh, good morning from Stocktown. What's up, Stockton? Where my old alma mater was. Yep, spent plenty of time in Stockton. Um, when I first moved to California, I, I went to college in Stockton, and everyone thought from the East Coast, they were like, oh, my God, you're going to school in California. You must surf and go to the beach all the time. And, uh, yeah, I was like in Stockton, we don't do any of that. So, yep. Good old UOP. So, um, I mean, it's like an oasis in the middle of Stockton. So if you ever, I mean, it's really nice. So, um, but you don't call it UOP anymore. They tried to get rid of the UOP moniker because they, they didn't want to be confused with university of Pacific. So they just call themselves Pacific now. Um, but anyway, it's really beautiful. Um, Lots of dodging bullets in Stockton. Yeah, I worked at the DA's office uh, there for a little bit. So a funny story before I get into, well, it's not really funny, just to give you an idea of Stockton. Um, it, for those of you who are not aware of what Stockton is like, uh, one way to describe it is like, if you've ever watched Batman Begins, there's like, it, it's changed now. I went back a couple months ago to go visit. Um but, you know, there's like the Narrows, which is like the really bad part of town that's over on the other side. Like that's the Narrows. It's really bad. Um, that's like South Stockton. Like South Stockton should just be like its own city. Um, they should just cut that off. But when I was in college there, I did a pre-law internship at the district attorney's office. And the first job they had me do was organize autopsy and crime scene photos. Literally the first job I had showed up for my first day and they were like, Hey, do you want to organize these autopsy and crime photos? And I was like, okay, well, what do you want me to do? Oh, they're like, just put them in chronological order. You know, obviously from the crime scene to the autopsy. And, uh, the crime was a lady was shot eight times. Um, you know, middle-aged woman walking home from the grocery store uh, she was shot eight times because she was wearing red in the wrong neighborhood. Uh, gruesome pictures, obviously, of everything in the autopsy, which, you know, I, I think it was a hazing process to be like, you know, does this kid have a, a big enough stomach to like handle what we do here? So that gives you an idea of what goes on in Stockton anyway. Um, but they have some good food. I, I miss Mr. Pickles. Mr. Pickles makes a good sandwich. I think that's a NorCal thing, Mr. Pickles. And there was a really good Mongolian barbecue place there. Um, yeah, it's not a funny story. I'm sorry. It's a it's a scary story. And it's a serious story about how bad Stockton is. Anyway, that's not the point of today's podcast. We're not talking about Stockton. We're not talking about um, 
you know, what goes on there in the gang violence. And we're not talking about leaf blowers and weed whackers and all that stuff. What we're talking about today is the state of the state speech last night that Noodles gave. Um, And if you missed it, you didn't miss much. It was about 17 minutes of rambling. It was about 17 minutes of big policy swings. I was... um, I was live tweeting the whole thing. I didn't even think it was worth like doing a like drinking game because it was literally so short. Um, it, it started at five and it was over by like five thirty-five, and that's including like they had an intro speaker who uh, was a Jewish spiritual leader. Nothing against that. I mean, it's always funny that um, yeah. There's a funny thing about Sons of Anarchy. I'm just gonna take this. If you ever watch Sons of Anarchy, total side note. Someone just brought it up. Uh, It's one of those things where you watch it on TV and they say like, oh, we have to run to Oakland real quick to go do something when Charming is supposedly like northeast of Stockton. Somehow they're going to run to Oakland in like an an hour and be back at like the same. It's anyway, just again, they don't really understand because Sons of Anarchy was filmed um, down in the valley in L.A. Anyway, so there was the spiritual leader, which I always find funny that they always trot out some spiritual leader um, to start a lot of these democratic things when a lot of their platform is really sort of godless and they don't really care about religion. Uh, but now they, they trotted someone out and she gave out this big prayer, eulogy, blessings of God and all that stuff, um, to all the different communities and everything like that. Very progressive, very progressive rabbi. That's for sure. Then they brought out Anthony Rendon, who is, um, not the baseball player. He's the speaker of the assembly. Then they brought out Tony Atkins, who's the president pro temp, and they said a couple words about how fantastic California is. And uh, I had tweeted that I can't believe that any of these people were elected with how uncharismatic they are because they just sat there and were like, and here in California, we have found a way to do things better and we are leading the way. Thank you to Gavin Newsom. And here he is. I'm like, geez, like put a little effort. I guess they figured no one really watches this anyway. It's not a big thing. It's not like the State of the Union. Not a lot of people watch it. Only political nerds like me actually sat down and watched the whole thing. Um, And one of the good things about me live tweeting, it was sort of I got to set out my notes and my thoughts, which I'm going to go back over. Um, So first thing out of the gate he talked about was Ukraine. Obviously, we stand with the people of Ukraine. That that was his first thing out of the gate. That seems to be the trendy thing to talk about how we stand with the people of Ukraine unequivocally. Uh, He then turned that and pivoted into how democracy is under attack everywhere in the world. And democracy is obviously under attack here in the States. And he sort of was alluding to like fringe groups that are trying to stop democracy because remember, everything is in the name of democracy. Um, that's sort of like the progressive term. As long as they slap like democracy on it, people will just sort of go for it and they'll just unequivocally just believe in it. And um, yeah, so he's talked about how it was all about democracy and making a stand and we have to stand with our people in Ukraine. And we're going to welcome people in and blah, blah, blah. Um, so first that was like the first five minutes of his speech. Now keep in mind, this is a, not even a 20 minute speech. So already he's given about how much of his, a quarter of his speech he's given to Ukraine. Um, when there's so much other stuff to talk about in California, a quarter of it already went to Ukraine. Um, yeah, they keep talking about democracy and they keep talking about how we have to protect democracy. But I always say the you know, the one word that doesn't appear in the U S constitution is democracy. So keep that in mind. Um, the biggest thing, one of, the, one of the only policies that he actually proposed was this idea of how he's going to help Californians with gas prices and what they're going to do. So he's not going to suspend the gas tax. Uh, first off, that's not going to happen. What he's going to do is he's going to work with legislative leaders to issue a tax rebate right? A tax rebate for Californians. And in his words, put money back in their pockets. Okay. So he's not going to suspend the gas tax, but he'll offer a tax rebate 
on the tax that you're obviously spending. This was that was it. If you think I'm actually, if you think I'm exaggerating, I'm not exaggerating. That was his whole thing. He said, I'm going to work with legislative leaders to get a tax rebate to help people with the rising gas prices. That that's it. I'm I'm literally not making that up. That was as far as it went. And a lot of people who are were watching and live tweeting were going, okay, but how? Like what are do people have to wait until next year to get a tax rebate? Do they have to keep receipts of how much gas they've spent? So like for the next year, you got to keep everyone's be asking for receipts so that they can get a tax break or a tax rebate. Um, very little on specifics on that point. Uh, he doesn't want us to spend the gas tax because even though we have in his mind, who knows what the, the real numbers are, $45 billion, $30 billion surplus, we have more than enough money to cover a pause on the gas tax here in California for a while until all these prices come falling down. It would be one of the easiest things for him to do is just go, okay, I'm going to work and we're going to suspend the gas tax. And you know, that could bring prices down by 50 cents a gallon or something like that, which would be an enormous, enormous savings to a lot of people. But instead he said, we're going to work on some tax rebate, uh, but I'm not going to give you really the specifics of what that tax rebate means. Right after that, Anthony Rendon and Tony Atkins were the two leaders of the legislature were asked about it and they were already kind of lukewarm on it, which makes you believe that this is probably already dead in the water before it even got started. So basically he put out a policy that he knew might sound good because he wasn't going to do the gas tax thing and maybe people would fall for it and then forget about it, that that was, that was it, that we're going to get a tax rebate. Um, and even his own party legislative leaders don't really support this tax rebate because remember in California, all taxes are good taxes. And the more you tax, that means even better. So, um, there is nothing that's not worth taxing here in California. That's for sure. And their whole belief is that the only way to solve things is to tax even more. And that was his whole policy. That was the one thing that he really put out there uh, that kind of stuck stood out as the only policy thing that he really actually talked about. Um, other than that, it was a lot of platitudes. It was a lot of vague stuff that he talked about. Um, he talked about how we're not going to... He went into this whole thing about how we'll do the tax rebate, but we have to make sure that we don't bolster the oil companies. We shouldn't be helping them make more money and we should be limiting these oil and gas companies, which is interesting because one of his best friends is Jason Kenney, who I've talked about before on this program. Um, if you don't know who Jason Kenney is, Jason Kenney is one of the most prominent, if not the biggest lobbyist in Sacramento. And he is best friends with Gavin Newsom. More importantly, Jason Kinney was the guy whose birthday they were going to celebrate at the infamous French laundry dinner. That was where they spent $15,000 on just the bar tab alone. Um, so Jason Kinney is a well-connected oil and gas lobbyist and Newsom ordered a bunch of fracking permits to firms that worked with Jason Kinney who lobbied on their behalf. So for him to say, Oh, we're not going to bolster oil companies is already you're caught in a lie because your best friend, Jason Kinney loves oil and gas, makes a crap ton of money off of oil and gas. Um, and you're lying to say you're not bolstering oil companies when you're working with someone who is lobbying on behalf of oil companies and you're giving them fracking permits, uh, that you said you were not going to issue anyway. So interesting. He said that, but obviously it makes a great soundbite. Most people don't really even know that who Jason Kenny is, and that's probably the way they like it. They don't want people to know who Jason Kenny is. And uh, let's see, he talked about the $12 billion tax rebate that happened last year. Now, show of hands, how many people took part or got any part of the tax rebate that he's talking about? Show of hands, anybody? Does anybody remember a $12 billion tax rebate that was a huge windfall for Californians? 
No, I don't. I don't really remember it either. I, I um, I don't remember there being a, a cut. Um, one thing that I I proposed last year or during during COVID was if you want to help out small businesses, you could suspend the minimum franchise tax for a year, eight hundred dollars, which is what they require of anybody. Um, if you run a corporation or an LLC here in California, even if you don't have to pay taxes, meaning at the end of the year, they say, oh, you're not liable for any taxes. You still have to pay $800 to the state of California just for the privilege of being a corporation or an LLC here in California. Um, he could have suspended that. A lot of businesses were struggling and $800 could have meant the difference between making payroll for a week or not making payroll or getting that shipment or getting those goods or getting that inventory. Hell, you know, $800 is a lot for small businesses that were struggling off the back of enormous lockdowns, perpetual lockdowns, basically up and down and in and out. We were back and forth with the color tiers and, you know, oh, now you're in the red tier. Oh, now you're in the yellow tier. Or now you're in the orange tier, blah, 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 blah. Like, so that was something he could have done. But I don't know anybody who benefited from this $12 billion tax rebate uh, that he was really touting. Um, let's see. What else did he talk about? Oh, he took a, a a victory lap, obviously, on COVID, and you knew he was going to do that. He said that lockdown saved lives, masks saved lives, your choices saved lives. Um, and then he also made sure to make a little bit of a dig at Texas and Florida, which he always likes to do. He always likes to say we're better than Cal. But when you look at the numbers, and this has been borne out before, that there really was no difference between California and Florida. There really was no statistical that it, wasn't as big for that. It wasn't as big. That's for sure. As Newsom likes to make it. Um, he likes to make it sound like we did so much better. Literally nobody got COVID literally nobody died here in California and all of the death and destruction happened in Florida, which is not the case. They're not that far off. Maybe California did a tick better. Maybe they didn't do a tick better. There's data points for everything, but he likes to make this big sort of proclamation that, California did way better than Florida. Didn't do well for businesses, that's for sure. The perpetual lockdowns and all that didn't help businesses. Economically, they Florida probably did much better. Um, so took his victory lap. Obviously, we knew he was going to do that. I don't know how many times he can take a victory lap on COVID, especially if COVID's over and they're done with it. Who knows? I, I'm skeptical that they may not be completely done with COVID. Um I'll wait. I'll be more convinced that they're done with COVID come next winter. I will be convinced they're done with COVID on November 9th when elections are over. I'll be convinced that if there's no big talk or we're all big swing of, you know, we got to protect each other and we got to bring back the mass and all that stuff, then I'll believe that we're really done with COVID. But until that point, I don't, I don't really know. Uh, well, yeah, someone said COVID is over because it's about Ukraine now. Well, yeah, because COVID's on the down curve, because that's how flu season works. Um, it will be, you know, we'll, we're, the numbers are dropping because it's March. We're headed into April. The uh, spring season is upon us. Flu season is behind us. And so they can't really ride that roller coaster for a little bit. So now they'll ride Ukraine for a little bit, and then they'll keep that in the news cycle for a little bit longer. And then once we get to fall and we start to get to that point, like November 9th, um, and the elections are over, then we'll see where it goes, whether we're still pining to get into Ukraine or whether now all of a sudden it's back to COVID again. Um, this was the one thing I always laugh about when it comes to Gavin Newsom. And you can tell Gavin Newsom, as there is an article actually in Yahoo News this morning, that Gavin Newsom might be the only choice they have for president in 2024, that he may be the only person that they can actually turn to if Joe Biden doesn't run, if he can't make it another two years. Um, possibly, yeah, he would probably lose fantastically on a national stage because while he may be loved here in California, and I don't even think a lot of people love him as much as they do, he only has as much power as he does because of the voter registration numbers. Um, him running for president means he'd have to go and actually, I don't know, campaign in other states that don't believe in everything he says. And 
you're trying to tell me that in a swing state like Ohio, Gavin Newsom will pull well against someone like a DeSantis or a Trump. I don't think so. I don't think Gavin Newsom would certainly work in a Florida. He's not going to carry Florida because why would people in Florida look at the governor of California and go, yeah, whatever they did, that's what we want to do. And do you think in Texas, do you think he's honestly going to have a chance to do anything in Texas? Because all people in Texas are going, don't California my Texas. So he may be the only shot they have. He he may be trying to kind of ramp that up. He may be the only person left on the bench at this point, really. There's really nobody else that they can kind of bring up. And the Democratic Party really does have a shorter bench than I think we realized. Um, Both parties really kind of have short benches. and But I think the Democrats outside of you know, Biden's really killing the Democratic Party slowly but surely because of just how bad things are. And I don't know who would be up next after Joe Biden. And nobody likes Kamala Harris, so she would get passed over. She's unpopular as is. And it's possible he could be the next guy. AOC, AOC, I don't think would win on a national level. Um, she could certainly run. She could be Bernie 2.0 and run in the primaries and bring up a lot of these issues. Uh, but I don't think he would, or I don't think she would have any appeal outside of New York. Um, so what was I? Yeah, I was going to point out that he sounds more and more like he went to the Obama training uh, school of public speaking. Um, and in terms of that, I, I have to take a sip of coffee. Rambling a little bit. Uh, because he always does the hand figures. He does these things. You know, he does the, he does, he likes this. This is his big thing. He likes to talk like this. He always talks like this. And then he has the inflection like Obama did. Um, you know, Obama was always, Obama always did the, the finger thing. He always be like, he'd be like, oh, we all put more money in people's pockets. Okay. And then uh, he does the hand thing. Yeah, Fletcher does the hand thing too. I think they all went to the same public speaking coach because they all do the hand thing. And they all do this as well. And they're like, they're always like, we got we to gotta work together as American. So um, that's that's the Obama school of teaching. And uh, he, he sounds a lot, or he's trying to sound a lot like him. He does this a little bit. Uh, he does this. He does this. He does the whole da da da. So he sounds more and more. It's tough to do a Newsom voice because his voice is so gravelly. It like actually hurts your voice to do a Gavin Newsom. Um, but yeah, he, he's definitely ramping up the whole presidential kind of way. It's political jazz hands is a good way to put it. That's for sure. Um, yeah, and he he just seems to be doing the same thing Obama was doing. He's trying to do the whole Obama thing. I mean, I guess that's because he's trying to be presidential. Um, oh, yeah, he does the, the, the he lifts his heels because he always does the like when he wants to really get into a point, he always kind of like lifts his heels and makes himself a little bit bigger. And then he does the creepy used car salesman smile as well. Um, and every other word is, uh, that was a big Obama thing, too. He always said, uh, OK, we got to we got to make them pay their fair share. Uh, OK. Um but yeah, he's definitely doing the Obama thing. Uh, let's see. He, then he made a claim that some schools in the country are banning books, which the only books that I th- thought that they were trying to ban was stuff like To Kill a Mockingbird, which is one of my favorite books. Um, I think it's a great book. I actually went to go see it. Um, it was a great, 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 uh, great show. Um, so it, it's one of those important books, I think, that is really, really something that kids should read because it definitely talks about some complicated issues about our, our criminal justice system and about kind of prejudices back in that time. Um, it, it's one of my favorite movies. I love it. So they're banning stuff like To Kill a Mockingbird because they think it's racist to talk about this stuff because there were words mentioned in it that they talked about in that time. Uh, they're banning Dr. Seuss books, as somebody just said. And yeah. I don't know where they're talking about their banning books and doing all this stuff. If anything, it's a lot of Democrats are trying to control the curriculum of what's happening more than any other, any other group. 
Leftists seem to be O'Ketra oh, in the Rye. That's another book that they're trying to get rid of. Tom Sawyer, trying to get rid of that. Huck Fan, all those books. Because they, they are perceived as racist books. Um, I, I can't think of any other party or any group that's trying to really control the curriculum of school kids more than Democrats and leftists. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I don't know where he really got that idea. Um, oh, books referencing sexuality of kids. Yeah, and that's the whole... Uh, he was referencing the whole don't say gay bill, which it doesn't say anywhere that you can't say gay. And the, the word gay is not even in the bill. It's just, it's a great example of how the left is very good at framing their arguments. You can look at, you could type in don't say gay and there'll be a thousand articles about don't say gay bill. Um, even though if the reporters are running with what is a, talking point of the left does that mean that they are admit openly admitting that they're carrying water for the left i mean we already knew that they were but the fact that every headline says don't say gay bill and they're pushing that it's a controversial don't say gay bill uh that basically you know take away all pretense that any of the media is not carrying water for the left in the democratic party because that's a Democratic talking point, and they framed it that way to make it say the don't say gay bill. That's not what it's called. It's not called the don't say gay bill. And it basically just wants to make sure that kids aren't taught a whole bunch of sexually explicit stuff before they're ready to learn about this stuff. I would think that's sort of um, a reasonable thing. <laughs> I mean, like... I would assume that's sort of a bipartisan thing that we don't want to be teaching sex to children or sexuality to children, especially like K through third grade. Like, I mean, are we really at this point where they're demon, like they want to fight over when we can teach kids sexuality? I mean, I'm pretty libertine about a lot of things, but teaching kids about sexuality is just a hard red line in the sand for me. Like there's no reason to teach kids about sexuality. They're impressionable. They don't understand everything that's going on. It's not their place. There's no reason for them to really know about it. Um, I, I don't, I don't understand why they they're making this a big deal. And of course they emphasize that it's all about don't say gay when that's not really what, it was about anyway. And again, that's framing. Framing is when you can frame the argument as a don't say gay bill. And DeSantis did a pretty good job. Somebody actually, there was a reporter who said, oh, do you want to uh, talk about the don't say gay bill? And he kind of called him out and said, like, does it say anywhere in the bill that you can't say gay? Does it say anywhere in the bill you can't say gay? And the guy goes, oh, I don't, I don't. And he says, does there? And show me in the bill where it says don't say gay. And he kind of called him out and said, like, look, you uh you can't point it out therefore you're you're spreading their false these falsehoods and all that and um you're lying but the problem is it's it was already out there right it was already out there it's already been pushed in the media the don't say gay bill and they just repeated it and repeated it and repeated it framing 101 they're very good at it they know what they're doing um but anyway got way off topic because that's what Newsom was sort of alleging. Now, I guess you could really flip it on its script, flip it on its head, and 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 ask someone like Noodles and say, like, do you support teaching young children sexual or sec about sexuality or sex ed or stuff like that? Kids in kindergarten, do you support that? Is that something you support? Would you like to see that in California public schools? That's how you have to kind of like flip it on its head and say, like. Do you support this? Is this something that you as a as the governor of California? See, now I'm doing the finger thing. See, it's it's contagious. Now I've got now I'm doing the finger thing. Before I know it, I'm gonna be running for governor of California doing the finger thing. Um but those are the ways you can kind of push back on it and be like, do you support teaching sexually explicit material to children in schools, Gavin Newsom? Is that what you support? Because that's what the bill is about. Is that what you support? You, you support that just to get you on the record, Gavin Newsom, you support teaching kids 
about sex sex ed as young as kindergarten. That's what you support. I just want to make sure we all have it on the record. Um, so, no, I'm not running for governor. Absolutely not. At least not in the, at this point. Um, let's see. Newsom makes sure. Yeah. And then he did the whole speaking of schools. He did make sure he talked about how fantastic our public schools are and how wonderful they are. Um, obviously as a sort of call out to one of his biggest supporters and his biggest, well, I would say controllers because it seems Gavin Newsom is more controlled by the California teachers association more than he has control over them. So he had to make sure he threw them a bone, um, and made sure he talked about how fantastic public schools are, especially in California. I'm sure there's plenty of people who can argue and say, like, no, that we're really not. See, 45 out of 50, not so great. So he talks about how revolutionary they are and, and you know, the real change and the real reforms come from public schools. I think he's trying to throw shade at any idea of, like, school choice or private schools or charter schools or anything like that. He was trying to say, like, oh, the real reform comes from public schools. That's where the real reform comes from. That's where the real changes come from. And I doubt it. But, you know, he's got to throw them a bum. And that's it. That's it. That was his speech. So I've effectively saved you. Instead of watching him for 20 minutes, you've now watched me ramble for 20 minutes about what he talked about. So um, that's basically all that really happened. Didn't miss much. It was big on policy swings. Um, it's big on vagueness, big on stuff that really had nothing to do with California. Um, he talked a little bit about homelessness and stuff. He didn't really talk about his plan for homelessness. Um, so that's basically it. Yeah. That was, that was Gavin Newsom's state of the state. And I think James Gallagher made one of the funniest responses to it was he said, I missed the part where he talked about uh, the state of the state. Uh, was that a record for how short the speech was 17 minutes? Uh, I don't know if that's the record, but it's, I think it's the shortest out of the four he's given is this. And, um, he didn't really pump up a lot of what was great in California. He talked a lot about the California way, you know, he talked a lot about, God, now I'm doing the finger. He talked a lot about the California way. And this is the California way. And this is how California does it. And we've always been on the forefront of, you know, this is, we're always leading and expanding the horizon. Now I'll agree that like, those are good talking points, but the problem is it doesn't match up with really the reality of what's going on here in California. It's hard to say you're expanding the horizon of what's possible and that you're creating a state that is a society that's inclusive of all people. When people are getting priced out, people can't afford houses, people can't afford gas, people are trying to commute, and now they're deciding between, I don't know, you know, food or bills or gas or stuff like that. That's not expanding the horizon for everybody here in California. Um, so. I don't know what he's talking about, but I do believe that there is a California way to do things. Uh, you know, I've talked about this a lot, sort of with the Calipublican platform that we're trying, or, that we're, we're working on and getting out there. Um, but there is a California way to do things. Yeah, people came to California because they saw a better life, because it's that go west young man sort of mentality of like the gold rush. You go out there, it's, it's full of opportunity. It's where you can make a career. It's where you can really, it's like, the best way to put it is like you want the if you want to experience the best American dream, the best version of the American dream possible, you go to California. That used to be the case, but that's not the case anymore. You don't experience the American dream by coming to California. I know family members who are looking at getting out of the state because they don't want to be here anymore because they can't pursue the American dream anymore. And I don't blame them. I don't blame people who are like, you know, there's followers who are like, I'm trying to hold on as long as possible, but it's just gotten too damn expensive. I can't stay here anymore. And I don't blame you. I absolutely don't blame you. And there's times, you know, my wife and I, we look at it and go, you know, it's really hard to live here. You know, it's really hard to live here. We look at the price of a house. We're like, can we even get a house? What are we going to do? Like, 
all this stuff. Um, you know, and a lot of people are moving to Arizona. They're moving to Nevada. They're moving to Vegas. They're moving to all these other places. And, you know, unfortunately turning Arizona more blue. But anyway, the point is, is he talked about this California way. And you can't just put lipstick on a pig and say it's fantastic. What they're doing is they're trying to obscure the fact that it's about equity. It's about social justice. It's about, oh, we're progressive, progressive. Again, most of their stuff is regressive, but they don't really talk about the issues, the kitchen table politics, what people are really worried about, whether they can afford a home, whether they can afford gas. They don't really talk about that stuff. Why? Because they know they don't have a leg to stand on. And there's a lot of people here in California who want to experience the American dream through the California way, where they come here, where they build a business, where they they find their riches, where they make a better life for their family. Um, but that's not the case anymore. That's absolutely not the case at all here in California. And just saying it's the California way is not going to make a big difference. And all in all, most people won't really watch the state of state. Anyway, a lot of these talking points will probably be replayed on a bajillion campaign ads, which you will see uh, from here until November. You're going to see a ton of ads up talking about how his California way is working. Um, so I don't agree with it. I, I mean, obviously, I don't agree with that. I, I don't agree with they they've done a very good job of framing that we're the good guys and the way we're doing things is the good guys. In reality, you can't, you got to flip and frame the, the conversation a little bit different and say, yeah, there's a California way. And we agree that there's some things that we all agree with being Californians, but we want to do it a little bit differently. You know, do we, a lot of people support renewable energy? Yeah, a lot of people do. A lot of people, if you ask people say, hey, do you support renewable energy? Yeah. Would you, bet your entire state on solar and wind? No, a lot of people wouldn't. But if you said, can we work towards a renewable energy future, but we also have to use clean coal, we have to use natural gas, nuclear, we have to use an all of the above approach to get to that point. I think that's really one way to talk about it. So anyway, that's my thoughts. There's a lot, I mean... There wasn't really that much to unpack, uh, but I did want to give you sort of the breakdown of what happened because it is the state of the states. The governor coming out and saying, here's what the state of the state is. The high speed rail, the mild progressive California. Yep. How much money was wasted on that? So as opposed to just allowing a business to come in and um, I don't know, come up with this stuff. Like I think Elon Musk, I don't know if he's still working on the the. Uh, it was something I can't remember what it's called the the burrows or something like he was working on trains under LA that would be faster than the metro and they were just they were run on something but private enterprise allowing these businesses to figure it out anyway um all right now glad I missed it I got the recap from you yeah you didn't miss much so don't worry it wasn't like a big deal it wasn't like wasn't like oh my god I can't believe I missed it and that's why I'm here. I nerd out on that stuff so you don't have to waste your time and you got to enjoy your Tuesday evening. Um, all right. Questions, comments, stuff people want to talk about. I know I got on a little late, so. Thank you to everyone who is uh, purchasing the uh, the Elite's Hey Chew sweatshirt. I think it's sort of apropos this week, especially when you have people like George Takai and, and Stephen Colbert who are saying like, um, we're saying stuff like, yeah, it's our patriotic duty to support Ukraine. Go do it. Like spend more at the gas pump. It's like easy for you guys to say when you're worth a bajillion dollars, like they're really out of touch. And I don't think they thought through the entire war propaganda talking points because it, it comes off so out of touch. When do we start hearing about California governor campaigns for Republicans? It seems like there's no way a Republican could win the office. Um, yeah, well, there's a couple days left. Friday is the last day to file. I think there's an extended day. Um, and there some big names are floating around that they may announce. 
you know, I've heard some rumblings about them possibly hopping in at the last minute. Um, right now, really, Brian Dahl, Dolly is one. Anthony Tremino is the other. Uh, that's really it. So they may figure that, you know, Newsom is so much of a, a, a machine that it's not worth running. Um, so, yeah. Let's see. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Somebody said Marathon Refinery and Martinez converting to renewable diesel. That's a good compromise. Yeah. There you go. Uh, I hear today by 12 deadline is the voice opposition at Bad Bills. Could be. Um, somebody said they met Tremino. So great. Um, Brian Dolly. Yeah, Brian Dolly is running. Um, Camille's always watching those filings. Uh, I just heard San Diego just approved VAX mandate for the 2022 through school year, K through 12. I wouldn't be surprised because if it's unified school district, they're still holding on to the mass, um, the masks. Um, I always, I said massive and masks for a lot longer. And definitely, basically they haven't really said like when they're going to get rid of them. So Yeah. Dolly's not made a peep the last two years. No thanks. Yeah, I, I had to look him up. I, I yeah, I had a vague idea of who he was when he announced. I was like, I think he's a state senator. I looked at, I was like, yeah, okay, he's a state senator. Jenny Ray Larue uh, was running again. Uh, she's great. She's very smart. Um, I don't know if she probably doesn't have the backing. Didn't make too much noise. Um, but the the difference is is we'll actually have a primary, um, and we'll actually have legitimate debates i think as opposed to recall last year where there were just sort of these like informal debates that were sort of set up uh we'll actually have like big debates um so that should be interesting sean collins is running okay yeah sean collins was running for congress but now he's running for governor so um and if all else fails you can always go and vote for major williams I'm kidding. Let's see if he even gets on the ballot this year. Um, I don't think he will. I don't have it. Yeah, I don't know. It's going to be pretty interesting come Friday um, to see who is really going to be jumping into this race. But again, Governor is is not really... At this point, I want to see someone run who can set up a blueprint, you know, uh, someone who can say, these are the policies that people agree with. This is the blueprint. This is how it works. Um, and hopefully people learn from it and say like, hey, we made good inroads with this candidate and this is how we did. That would be best case scenario. You know, that would be a best case scenario is to have someone who can run and sort of set that up Um so that going forward, the rest of the state goes, okay, this, this works, this works with California. Um, because then you can start to turn a corner in terms of strategy where you do actually say this worked, this outreach program worked, this messaging worked, this platform worked and stuff like that. And then other people can take cues from it and go, okay, this style of candidate wins in California. Um, That's what I'm hoping for. Uh, It sounds like they're weed whacking stones outside. Maybe they're trying to carve stones or do some sculpture work with their weed whacker. So again, I apologize for that. I don't really have any control over that. Um, But yeah, any other questions and our comments? I know we're we're running a little bit later today because I started a little bit later. So, it's more about the the local races. You know me; I'm always about the local races. Always find out who's running your local stuff. Always find out who's running for assembly and state senate. Um, a noodle statue, statue possibly. Um, oh, maybe, <laughs> maybe they're making a noodle statue. Maybe the guy really loves noodles and he's making a statue in his honor. You know, that's going to be pretty hard. I mean, it takes a lot of detail to get all those little greasy hairs on the top of his head. So, you know, if he could do that with a weed whacker, that's a lot of skill. Local races are the key. Yeah. 
So focus on those. Um, definitely focus on those local races, state assembly, state senator, city council. All that stuff really does make a difference. And if anything, that slow grassroots change does make a big difference because, one, it um, it does change your daily life because you're more impacted by your local representatives more than anything else. And two, it sets up a bench of who can run in the future. So if you get someone good who is running for city council and they do well in city council, next they're mayor. And then from mayor, they may go run for governor. So these are things that like when you talk about building a political bench, you have to get people actually elected to office to build a political bench. And it can't just be rando people from all over the place. Um, that's why local ma- races matter so much. More people in who are elected, who are in power, does change your personal life. It does change your daily life. There is a big difference between... I mean, look at the big difference between L.A. County and Orange County. I, I always am amazed at the fact that you can literally tell... The minute you cross from Orange County into L.A. County, it's like the whole it, it, it you go from you're going north on the five. You go from Orange County into L.A. County. All of a sudden, it's like the road's big. It's it's well kept. There's like five lanes. All of a sudden you get to L.A. It's like two lanes. It's all under construction. It looks like crap. Like the it just looks awful. Um, but that's an, that's a visual example of how much difference your local representatives have over everything. Um yeah, there's people running for Congress. There's people I support who are running for Congress. But when it comes to really changing what's going on here in California, it's all about the local. It's all about all that stuff. So focus on that stuff. I know we're all worried about like who's going to run for governor and, and who are we going to rally behind. Someone who runs for governor might help with down ballot stuff. I don't think we're at the point yet where there could be a huge shift in governor's races. Um, so... My son is interviewing for jobs and says LA is dirty and crowded. He's considered a job in Brea. Um, yeah, I from what I remember from LA, it's just not good. Um, Orange County needs to stay red. Yeah, they're and they're chipping away at Orange County. So, you know, people in Orange County, get out there, get out there and vote, and get out there and fight and volunteer and do whatever you have to for for races. Uh, there's a lot of good people running. So, uh, make sure that you. Because Orange County and like San Diego County, I think are sort of the two could be the turnaround for California. If you could figure out how to win in San Diego and Orange County, you could take that and start winning in a lot of other counties and start chipping away at this super majority and start turning the the whole state. Um, Which is why we want to look to have a a Cal Republican event. Um, Likely maybe April. We're looking at, we're trying to find a place, if not by April, early May, uh, we'll, we'll like to go up there and meet some people and talk about the Cal Republican platform. Um, so yeah, Cal Republican political action committee, only supporting state and local candidates that that's going to be the goal is to really pump that up. No, no federal candidates, no federal. That's going to be our whole thing. No federal. So anyway, uh, any last comments or questions before I hop off for the day? Uh, tomorrow night uh, will be the Red Pill Roundtable that I've been talking about. Uh, we have Natalie and Amanda on. They're going to talk about their conversion from far leftist, more conservative. I don't think they're by any means a, a party person. Um, and nobody really should be a party person. Be an independent thinker. Don't just vote with the party vote with your values, you know, if the party's not listening to you or whatever, or you disagree, feel free to disagree. You don't have to be a party person just because you're registered that way. Um, but yeah, tomorrow will be a red pill round table. We're going to talk about that stuff. Like what really kind of flipped them, turned them. And what, what, what was the, like, what was that red pill moment? What was the moment you took the red pill and said, wait, hold on a sec. Like I'm starting to see things, um, a whole different way. So, Mm-mm-mm-mm. So I said, I'd love to share and join the panel. If you want, you can DM me. Yeah. So uh, let me know your story and all that stuff. So 
anyway, that's what's going to happen tomorrow night. Uh, we're still working on the candidate red flag video that might be coming up next week. And oh, there's a lot of stuff going on. There's just a lot of stuff going on. It's a big election year and it hasn't even really ramped up yet. Election year is really just getting into the throes of it. Primary season's beginning. Primaries will really start to see where things lay, where where, where things shake out um, and all that. So, all right. If there's no more questions, I will see you guys tomorrow night at 8 p.m. on YouTube. will be the Red Pill Roundtable. Um, as always, I will be doing the podcast pre-show a little bit before. Uh, do you think SC... Oh, is that the end the state of emergency? Probably not. Probably because Newsom rescinded a lot of stuff and the Democrats will probably vote it down. Um, so they want to allow their Supreme leader to have as much power as possible. Because remember, if the governor takes all the power and does everything, there's less accountability for the legislature. And today's legislature, whether it's in state legislature or in Congress, uh, there is a bad trend that they don't really want to take responsibility for anything. And that could be a whole different show about why legislators really don't want to take responsibility for anything. They don't really pass laws as much as they should, especially in Congress. Uh, A lot of the laws are very vague, which they then hand off to the administrative agencies, the alphabet agencies, the fourth branch of the government, the administrative branch of the government. Um, That way they don't have to really do anything and they can't be slammed for doing voting on something too specific. But that's a whole nother podcast. That's a whole nother show. All right. So I'll see you guys tomorrow. Um, I think Pan's termed out. So I think he's leaving anyway. Uh, I'll see you guys tomorrow at 8 p.m. Thanks for tuning in as always. And always Wednesday mornings, 9 a.m. If you missed this and you want to watch it again, I always post the live. So you can always just go back and watch it. Or if you want to listen to it, there's always an audio version that comes out shortly afterwards. Um, and you can subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Google, all that stuff. And you can follow the podcast. Make sure you like review, share all that stuff. Anyway, thanks for tuning in and I will catch you guys on the next one later. for listening to another episode of California Underground. If you like what you heard, remember to subscribe, like, and review it, and follow California Underground on social media for updates as to when new episodes are available. 